Welcome to the Van Hack Podcast, the podcast for tech talent that wants to get hired abroad. Hello. So, Alex, let me introduce you to our attendees. Alex is the account director at LinkedIn. Alex partners with some of the largest search and staffing, staffing companies in Canada. With over six years of experience selling technology, she has the passion for helping people achieve their career goals. So hear that well. She's also a member of Women in LinkedIn and advocates for women in tech. Alex will share some key insights about the Canadian market. So prepare everyone your notebooks, your pads, because we are to learn more about the post-pandemic scenario in the global tech industry. We are also going to touch some topics about jobs and technologies in demand, which are hot cities for tech talent like you, and high demand industries, and so much more, right, Alex? So let's start content time. I leave you both, Ilya, Alex, the stage is all yours. Amazing. Thank you. That was uh, an amazing introduction. Bear with me. I'm going to share my presentation here. I'm not as great with air meat. So hopefully this works. Everyone can see. I think it's working, working Alex. Amazing. Working. Okay. Perfect. No technical glitches. Awesome. So that was a, a great introduction. Um, my name is Alex. I do work at LinkedIn as a senior account director. I work with search and staffing companies in Canada. Um, I've been with LinkedIn Cumulative for like three and a half years. Um, I say that because I'm a boomerang. I left during the pandemic, uh, went to DocuSign. Now I'm back and I do have six years experience working in the tech space, um, mainly as a a sales representative, basically. Um, so today I have some really good content prepared. The great thing about working at LinkedIn is I'm super fortunate. We have a lot, a lot of data and insight into people's, you know, professional, professional lives or on companies, skills, job titles. So I will be covering the current Canadian tech market, what it's looking like right now, just, just to give you a little bit, you know, about what, what the pulse is right now. We're going to talk about supply and demand, um, you know, what job titles are in demand right now, skills, skill gaps as well. And I really want to give you the so what, right? I don't want to just data dump, like here's the data. I want you to be able to take this data and apply it, apply it today, be able to apply this to your career and your job hunting. Uh, and then if we have time at the end, I, I am happy to answer any sort of questions, maybe Ilya has some questions, or if the audience has some questions, I can definitely get through some of those as well. I have a question. You said you work with staffing firms across Canada. Who's your favorite uh, staffing firm? I was going to mention, like, can I mention that VanHack's my client, and they're one of my favorite. No, seriously, um, VanHack's definitely one of my top favorite clients. Um, and I think I mentioned this when you and I met Ilya at the airport randomly. Um, <laughs> Just the the mission and vision behind Van Hack. It's it has a special place in my heart. I'll just say that. <laughs> so, let's get into it. A little sneak peek as to what's going on in the market right now. This is just a high level breakdown, right? So, in the tech space in Canada right now, there's about four hundred eleven thousand professionals. You can see here it's kind of small, but that little minus zero point six percent. 
there's been a tiny bit of increase in terms of the amount of professionals in this space, but it's less than 1%. And this is year over year. So it's in the last rolling 12 months. So the industry in terms of amount of professionals in Canada in the tech space has been kind of holding steady. There's been in the last rolling year, so 12 months, 53,990 people, individuals that have changed jobs. This is insane. I don't know any other industry that has this much change. It's good. It's healthy. This is about 13% of people in the last year in the tech space in Canada have been, have been switching jobs. So there's a lot of movement. Um, I know, you know, right now, Ilya kind of mentioned things might look a little bit tough in the tech space. It's not all complete doom and gloom. As you can see, there's 15,583 jobs currently posted right now. Um, and this is data that I scraped off of the entire internet. So that's a full picture as to what's going on. So there is opportunity there. And I'm going to try and help you identify, you know, where we can upskill or what job titles are in demand right now as well. So that brings me to the most in-demand job titles in Canada right now. So I have a list about, of about the top nine here. So you can see the job titles to the left. In the middle is the number of professionals. This is just more so you have this uh, in the back of your head. The number of professionals that have this job title currently. And then the amount of open roles, current open jobs for this job title. Uh, we can see the top three are software engineer, project manager, solutions architect. Software engineer, there's 655 open roles right now for this specific job title in Canada. So that's a, a decently healthy amount still. Now, most in-demand skills. So as I mentioned, I work with search and staffing companies. So I work with a lot of recruiters. I kind of understand where the industry is going, how recruiters source candidates, how, how they find candidates. And right now, there's been a little bit of a shift in the recruitment world, in the sourcing world. Um, a lot of my clients I find are searching less by job title and searching more. It's, a, it's basically a skills search, right? Sourcing strategy now, which has been really interesting. So I, I wanted to help you identify which skills are the most in demand in Canada right now. So once again, I have a list of the top 10 of the number of professionals with this skill set and the amount of open jobs. So we can see here the top three analytical skills, cloud computing and engineering, analytical skills, there's four analytical and cloud computing. Actually, there's over 4,000 jobs, 8,000 if you combine them together um, that are hiring for this skill set right now. So if you're looking to upskill, these are definitely like the top few that you're seeing here. You can definitely start focusing on these. Now we all want to know what are the top paying jobs? Um, and I know this, this can vary. Um, so I have the top five right now. I wanted to point out that number one and number three Basically, they're, they're software engineers. They're the, the more senior software engineers, but it's super exciting because these are the top paying job titles. And we also saw that these are the most in-demand job titles. So it makes it super exciting. 
Now, what companies are hiring right now, what companies are hiring tech talent in Canada specifically? This is the list of the top companies. Um, you can see into it right now, booming, 795 open roles, WSB, IBM, some of the top companies that have a lot of roles open right now. And now let's talk about tech movement. I know we have a lot of people from all around the world on this conference, and this is really what VanHack specializes at, right, is helping people relocate. So I wanted to give you a glimpse at the tech talent flow for relocation. On the left-hand side, where you see the green arrow, these are countries that um, Canada is gaining talent from. And then the yellow arrow, with those countries, this is where Canada is losing talent too. It's interesting because there is a lot of overlap. Four of these countries are basically interchanging talent, right? We see US, India, United Kingdom, France, right? These are all overlapping in terms of tech talent. Now, this slide is probably my most favorite slide that I'm going to show you right now because this will help us identify or help you identify really where there is a skill gap. And by skill gap, what I mean is that there is a high demand, but maybe not enough individuals with these skills. So it's, and what I'm pointing out here is the, the skills with the green bar right here. So top 10 skill gap right now in Canada. You can see development tools, web development, and data science are the top three. I know development tools is a very, very broad term. So what I've done on the right-hand side here, I've broken it down by programming language. And we can see the top three, Python, Java, C++. So once again, this one to me is the most powerful. If we're looking to upskill right now, I would consider some of these um, programming languages that you're seeing on the right-hand side or even any of those skill gaps that you're seeing in the middle with those green bars. Now, I wanted to share, this is kind of where I bring in the so what. I've showed you a lot of great data. I want you to be able to take this and apply this today, apply this to your career, your job hunting. Uh, a big thing that we focus on at LinkedIn is learning, development, upskilling, and VanHack is clearly focusing on that as well. So super excited about that. Um, just to give you an idea, because obviously a lot of people are upskilling themselves around the world in the tech space, these are some of the courses that other candidates are um, taking right now on LinkedIn in the last 12 months. These are some of the most popular ones. So just to give you an idea of where you can start, this is a really good list. Another list that I have here is LinkedIn learning courses to develop skills with the highest shortage. These are some ideas as well if you wanted to start after this conference on Sunday, as an example, you could definitely start with some of these. Um, so with LinkedIn Learning, there are some courses that are available for free on LinkedIn. You can even put in these job titles into, or sorry, these um, course titles into Google and see if any of them are available. Uh, 
what LinkedIn does is sometimes the course is free, sometimes it's not, they interchange it. So I would check every so often. Um, but if you do have a LinkedIn premium membership, LinkedIn learning is also included in that membership. So if you haven't taken advantage of it, I would go in, there's tons of courses um, and you can start off with some of these here. So this is just some ideas. Now, let's talk about your profile on LinkedIn because I am from LinkedIn. So this is very important to me um, and the importance of your profile. Your profile is truly your story. Um, it's basically like, think of it like your resume, right? Your resume on this online platform that everyone can see. I wanted to kind of give you a picture. So let's say, you know, you're walking down the street. Maybe we're in New York, right? We're walking down the street. We're walking down Madison Avenue and we're seeing all these beautiful storefronts and we see this storefront and it's empty, there's nothing in it. It's not showcasing anything. The likelihood of you going into the storefront is probably not going to happen, right? There's, there's nothing enticing. So when you're, I kind of want to take this to when you're not filling out your LinkedIn profile, it's basically like having an empty storefront, right? No one's getting excited. There's nothing to see, right? So we want to get people engaged with your profile. People engage with your storefront. Um, I have a picture here of the Macy storefront. They kill it all the time, have great storefronts. It gets you excited. You want to come in, right? Even if you're just window shopping, it's, it's something that's inviting. So we want to think of our LinkedIn profile as the same thing. Your LinkedIn profile is your personal storefront. It is your brand. So how can I help you? create a beautiful storefront that people are invited and people are more likely to reach out to. Um, that's the name of the game. We want recruiters to be reaching out to you proactively. So the first thing that you can do is draft a compelling summary, right? So at the top of your LinkedIn profile, it's going to be right underneath kind of your picture and the, all, like, you know, that section with your main job title, all that good stuff. I recommend drafting a summary, um, 40 words at least, it's kind of like your elevator pitch. And we wanna make sure that we're including, you know, all your skills in there, all your job titles, because this is really how people are going to be able to find your profile. People are searching by skills and job titles. So we wanna make sure we're including those in our summary. Next is your experience on LinkedIn. I know this could be cumbersome, but I promise you, promise you, if you fill out your full LinkedIn profile with your experience, you will get a lot of outreach, a lot of opportunity. So members that fill out their full work experience get five times more connection requests, eight times more profile views, and 10 times more messages. So it's a little bit of work up front, but I promise it'll pay off. And when you fill out your work experience, yes, put in your job title, the company, the years that you were there. Um, but if you could go the extra step and really fill in, you know, what was your day-to-day -day role? What were you responsible for? What programs were you using? What skills did you develop? What projects did you work on? That will truly also help um, and get you some really good results. 
And lastly is adding in your skills. So at the bottom of your profile, you will see that skills section. I recommend putting in as many skills as possible. We say at least five, right? Members who add five or more skills receive 17 times more profile views, but add, add in as many as possible and reach out to, you know, past colleagues or, you know, friends or potential, you know, clients that you've worked with and ask them to endorse your skills and do the same for their profile, right? It's a, it's a networking platform. This will truly help recruiters um, filter by skills. So having this section filled out will make your profile more visible. And that was pretty much all the tidbits that I have. Hopefully you can take some of this information and apply it today, apply it to your job search, right? Or upskilling. That's really what I'm here for is, is to try and help um, and promote learning and development. Alex, thank you so much. This was uh, fantastic. No problem. Are there any questions that I can answer? Let's see in the chat here. Do we have anything in blockchain? Interesting. Any data about blockchain jobs? Actually, here we go. Is there a filter on LinkedIn that indicates if the company is able to relocate the worker? A filter. There is a filter if candidates are willing to relocate. But in terms of company, there is not. Um, companies will mention it in their job postings. But this is a really good suggestion. Um, LinkedIn's a big company, so we make suggestions all the time. They don't always get implemented, but I would be happy to bring up this suggestion because there isn't, the job post might actually indicate in the job description, but there isn't necessarily a filter. So that's a, a that's a really good one. Yeah. Should we add all the experiences that work in? Okay, here we go. Frederico, there's a lot of layoffs. No, talk about Chrysler, North American layoffs. Yeah, how is it affecting VanHack? Um, well, I think it's affecting everyone. Um, it's it's definitely been hard for us, but it's also made us rethink the value proposition that VanHack can offer to the market. And I think something cool about VanHack and VanHackers, more importantly, is the resilience that they have. Um, you know, as an immigrant, you're usually a pretty resilient um, person. You can you can help. Uh, get through tough times a little bit harder or easier, maybe uh, is a better word to say. <laughs> um, the hard things, you know, you've gone through a lot of them yourself in, in life. And, you know, starting again in a new country is, is, is definitely not easy. So, yeah, I think that that may be something that VanHack candidates and VanHack in general as a company can offer to companies is that uh, durability and maybe more. Um, I don't want it to be like this, but like cost effectiveness is, is on people's minds and budgets are tighter and. People are thinking about being more efficient and doing more with less. So um, just with like talent, um, you know, you can have great developers from anywhere, or great tech talent from anywhere. And I think there's going to be this great rebalancing of global tech salaries where like right now I'm in the Bay Area. Or I'm in Oakland. This is like the home of Aramit, you know, uh, 
well, not Airmeet, but like Twitter and, and maybe Airmeet's from here. Like there's so many like tech companies that everyone knows that are from here. Um, yeah. So I think what, what you're talking about, the profile, about the having the five or more characteristics there, like that's definitely something we see with Van Hack profiles as well, is when uh, Van Hackers have full profiles with the English video, intro videos, um, all that stuff. It really definitely helps for on the employer side. Um get people hired. But uh, anyway, enough with my questions. Any other questions here? How's the market for Flutter developers? How can I reach out to LinkedIn? My profile is already English. How can I get more outreach on my LinkedIn profile? Should be posting more maybe? Oh, uh, speaking of posting on LinkedIn, this is something that I like to do from once in a while. It's uh, I'm not sure if people have noticed that I, I, I post quite a bit, sometimes too much. Um, what, what should people be thinking? Like what should junior and other folks like him you know be posting more or you don't want to be spammy but you know you don't you also don't want to be invisible so what uh what would you say to that alex a hundred percent um i mean i don't i wouldn't say it's spammy to post too much um, so I recommend posting, I mean, obviously if you're filling out your profile correctly, right, you have the picture, all that great stuff. I would definitely be posting at law a lot. Um, I would be thinking about a couple of things. Uh, one is thought leadership, right? So when you're posting something or reposting something, if you can value, if you can add in some insight, maybe not just repost it, but add some in, insight into there, be, you know, a thought leader on LinkedIn, um, and the second idea would be to interact with other postings, right? That you see in your newsfeed. A lot of times we just go through, we might like things, um, but even commenting or, or thanking someone for the great insight goes a long way. And then you're yeah. creating those connections, right? It's all about the interaction in my mind. Interaction. That is a strong word. And that is, is that's what we're doing here. We're all interacting with each other. We have the chat going. We have the big questions. We have the emojis. My personal favorite, the celebration emoji, boom, boom. Those are those are fun, and if it, it does feel like there's some interactivity happening, right? So, um, thanks, Junior, for the question. Um, yeah, so just just uh, for timing wise, for people to know the day, like we have a pretty full day, and not everyone needs to go to every session. Don't feel like you have to like. I want Van Hackon to be the conference where you can like literally go to zero of the sessions, or maybe if you've just gone to this. And one or, one or two more things, like you can feel like you're part of Van Hackon because people have daily, you know, work and lives and stuff. So don't feel like you have to be at every session. But we do have some really good sessions. So 9 a.m. Pacific. I'm just on Pacific time. So whatever time zone you're in, this is just Pacific time. 9 a.m. will be Napis, right? So it's a Van Hacker, Vic, Victor uh, from Rio, who relocated to Vancouver. And now he's a co-founder and CTO. Or I think he's actually the CEO of, of Napis. Which is kind of cool because he's a, he's like a van hacker more on the developer side, but now he's moved to the CEO. He's talking. We also have Douglas Solstice from BetaKit at I think 11 a.m. Pacific. I think I'm pretty sure I'm interviewing him. And then tomorrow morning we have Maro from Boundless Life. But there's other people that I'm not involved with that you should just go to the Van Hackon website. I think it has the schedule there. We still have about 20. I don't know, Alex. How how long do we have here with you? Another half an hour or so? Maybe not half an hour, but. 15, yeah, 20. I have this uh, yeah, for another 25 minutes, so I'm, oh, I'm still available. Okay, great. So we have this unique opportunity and time, everyone, to meet and talk to Alex. Um, 
so Alex kind of briefly mentioned this, and I think it needs to like be underscored that I randomly ran into her husband and and her is, is Michael, right? Um, am I or I? Yeah, I, I want to make sure. Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So I got his name right because that would be bad if it was wrong. So so yeah, Mike. Um, he had this like backpack on with I think it was with the LinkedIn logo, and I think your backpack mm -hmm. that he was just wearing. And I was like, oh, cool, you work at LinkedIn. And he's like, no, but my wife does. And it's like. So how do you know about LinkedIn? Well, I was like, obviously everyone knows about LinkedIn. What are you talking about? And he's like, well, what do you do? And I was like, well, I work at VanHack. And he's like, oh, I've heard of you. And like, no one ever says that. Like, that never used to happen. And I didn't believe him. It was like some random dude at the airport. And was it in Toronto? Because like, I yes, think I was flying Toronto. to Miami. And you were, in, you were like flying to Miami as well. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, but we were going to the same city, but different like events. And uh, you were there for like a wedding? Was it wasn't something like a family thing? Yeah, we were going down for a wedding for a week, and it was so like you said, so random. My husband came out. He's like, "I met your client in the bathroom." I was just like laughing. <laughs> it's like six a.m. at Eastern Standard Time. I'm like, "Ha ha ha!" He's like, "No, Ben Hack." And I've talked about Ben Hack before because, as I mentioned, I feel like it, the mission and vision really moves me. So I was like, "Oh, he's just like saying, you know what I mean?" The, the last client I talked about. He's like, no, Ilya from Van Hack. I met him in the bathroom. I was like, what? <laughs> I, I have a bad habit of, of like meeting random strangers, um, not always in the bathroom, sometimes there, but mostly it's just like in, in networking events, places like Van Hackon, um, <laughs> uh, more, 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 uh, how you say, common places to meet random folks, but small world and um, super cool that, you know, you 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 have that res re resolution resignation what's that feeling like that connection with with what we're trying to do in the world and like thank you again for taking time to you know share share your experience because like i mean linkedin is definitely the player when it comes to data and like learning and getting people hired and getting the word out of professional about professional stuff so um Let's keep going with the questions here, but yeah, um, I don't want to leave my country. Can Van Hack help me just with remote-only job opportunities? So, so this is something I've been like really fascinated on. And Alex, I'd love to get your thoughts as well on like this whole work from anywhere mo movement, the whole thing that like there's no more like remote or not remote. Like remote used to mean abroad, but but it doesn't anymore. So like, how do you even speak about this new kind of worker who can work anywhere? And it's not about remote only because remote only Walter and, 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 and Walter don't, don't feel like I'm picking on you here. Just like this term is so evolving so fast that remote only does not mean abroad anymore. Like you can be remote, but you're just like in the Valley or in, in New York city or in Vancouver or in Toronto, or like in any place you happen to want to be at that time, you're just like in the internet. So this whole remote being abroad is no longer true. So that means that, People like Walter can, yeah, from Columbia, from Cali. That I mean, that's so cool. The, the, the city's name is Cali, and like that's like the in California, people think of Cali in California. So like, there's even that like connection just from the name. But like, there's this kind of meshing of 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 tech ecosystems, especially between North and South America. But it's becoming an anywhere kind of thing where if you get hired, you can you can stay in your home country. You can stay wherever you want to be. And I think that's super interesting, and and we'll explore that topic during VanHackCon. But 
Alex, what, what are you think, seeing on that? Like, is there any data from LinkedIn that you're seeing or just anecdotally that you're feeling about this topic of, like, for example, you and Mike can just move down to Miami in the winter, in Toronto winter, and just be like snowbirds, but it'll be like modern digital nomad snowmats, snowbirds. Like, don't wait till you're 75 or whatever. Just do that now. And why not? A hundred percent. We're definitely seeing the same thing, especially in the tech space. I was looking up this data to see how many, even just job postings are remote versus like hybrid versus in office. And even that was hard to get stats. Like it, I feel like most tech companies now are, are very much open to remote, but like you said, what does remote really mean? I have colleagues that, that have done the snowbird um, thing, you know, where they're for a few months working from Florida as an example. Um, and we're seeing the trends with all the, the big tech companies. Um, no one's really mandated to come into the office anymore. We're seeing that people can obviously do their jobs uh, and not have to be chained to their desk in the office. So you're right. It's, it's such a different definition now. Things are are changing. Companies are very much open to um you know, hiring people that are not in the same country and don't have to relocate. Um, and I think in Canada, we're seeing that happen more and more with a lot of Canadian companies. Yeah. Yeah. Canada's kind of becoming, Canada's kind of becoming this like open source, open for immigration, open kind of, oh, LinkedIn location. Interesting. Uh, this one's for, for Alex. What do you think people should do with their LinkedIn location? Is, is it the country that they're in, the country that they want to move to? What a, what a debate. Yes, this one is a tricky one. I would keep your location as Brazil and LinkedIn, but you can always put open to relocating. I don't know if you have that on your LinkedIn. Um, if you put that in there, that will definitely help. But... Yeah. Yeah, if you put Canada, the the issue is that even if you get outreach, it may not be the right outreach, right? If you're looking to actually relocate to Canada, you may have recruiters reaching out to you, working at Canadian companies, companies that are maybe not willing to relocate talent right now. So I would recommend keeping it as Brazil, but having it open to relocation. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think it should be it should be the truth, like your current location. Um, there could be so many places that people are open to. Um, obviously, like on Banhack, you can put your country wish list and your target list. Um, so we can talk more about that. But basically, like a lot of Banhackers, they could be found by employers. If if you can say like some 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 really cool thing happened to me yesterday where this this company from Montenegro like i don't know if anyone knows this this country Montenegro like close to Italy it's like former Yugoslavia this guy was like i want to bring developers to Montenegro and i was like well there's 20 people of all the 400,000 van hackers 20 people have put Montenegro on their profiles as a place they want to move to their target wish cuz it's a country right just like Canada or the US or Germany and, 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 and he's like, yeah, these 20 people, they're my new best friends, like bring them to Montenegro because these like underrepresented countries or this kind of hidden gem countries, they want people, you know, they, they'd be happy to have people who, um, you know, and yeah, Montenegro. So Nicholas, do you want to move to Montenegro? Like um, it's these kind of hidden gem countries um, would be happy to, 
know where people want to move to and be flattered to take them. So anyway, just interesting kind of things happening with with location and uh, people's wanting to, to relocate to different parts of the world. So age. Um, I mean, Mauricio, front-end developer is 56. Alex, what do you think? I think this is something that I'll let other people talk about. Uh, I heard it's not nice to talk about age, but Alex can can talk about it. <laughs> this is a very interesting topic. Uh, also, I'm going to Montenegro in July with my mom. I'm so excited. I just keep looking up all the pictures and videos, but there's no direct flight from Toronto. So it's kind of a weird route, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm super excited. <laughs> That's a Toronto thing to say. You have so many direct flights from like most places around the world. And like, just because a place doesn't have a direct flight from Toronto, you're like, oh, this place must be strange. No, no, I know. Not what you're it's saying, so like, I'm I'm speaking to the wrong person. Here I met you in a, a, when you had a layover in Toronto. I literally, literally in layover. Have you heard of this thing called stopovers? Has anyone seen this? Where if you're like flying to Iceland or like Lisbon or something, you can like not not pay any extra to like spend three nights or two nights in Iceland or Portugal or whatever city. It's it's pretty cool. Um, anyway. So age, let's let's get to the topic here. Mauricio is fifty six yes. years old. Does that matter? He's fifty six years young. Yes, uh, this is a good question. It's it's very interesting. Uh, so I was recently speaking to my mom. Uh, she's a financial analyst at Standard and Poor's. So it has nothing. She's not in the tech space. But something interesting that she told me. She works with all of the big banks in Canada. Um, and she told me that the big banks right now are rehiring people who are retired um, because they are, let's say, anticipating a potential recession. And a lot of these people have experience with recessions. Right. So this is kind of an interesting topic right now. We are seeing that age, if anything, this might play as like a, a bonus. Right. Where maybe like, you know, the Gen Zers, Gen X have not experienced a recession. A lot of companies right now are maybe not fearful, but they want to be cautious, maybe maybe buckling down. They want to make sure they have people with experience in the right teams on board um, that have gone through maybe economic uncertainty. These are just my thoughts right now that I'm seeing. It was, it was very interesting. I spoke to my mom and then I spoke to my team, what they're seeing with like their clients in the search and staffing space. And they're seeing the same thing. Their clients are saying their clients are hiring people um, with more experience right now. Very cool, very cool. So Alex, uh, sorry, sorry, Mauricio, 56 years old, front-end developer. How many years of experience do you have with front-end developments? Like, are you kind of a junior developer, but like maybe you're a little bit older, which is totally cool. Um, Cause like the cool thing is that even if you have like three or four years experience as a developer, you're going to get jobs. And, and that's a cool thing about like, like my grandma, who's like 80 years old, she used the computer every day. So like, don't tell me a 65 year old or a 56 year old, you're not even 60, you're 56 years old. By the time you're 60, you'll have like five year development experiences that, you know, and, and that that's like intermediate. And then you'll have the rest of your life to be more and more senior developer and you're going to live like a great life. So don't, don't be like nervous about age because apparently people like live longer these days. I don't know um, if you like work out and stuff. Okay. Is there a LinkedIn feature on the way that enables users to make multi-language profiles? Um, 
you guys should just like use Google Translate API and then like that automatically takes care of that. But I don't know how uh, Microsoft and Google get along. Making users able to publish different translations to their CVs on the platform. Yeah, so like you should just like build in a, a translation API that like automatically, like you don't make the user do the work, have like the platform do the work for the user. Um, but Alex, I don't know if that's available or not. It's no, all but I know um, yeah. it is not. Yeah, but everyone speaks English, so maybe this doesn't even matter. Like, Ishmael Aruju, you're a student from Recife. So Recife is in northern Brazil. It's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, Omar from Argentina, uh, X-Teams, interesting. Um, so you probably have some experience with, like, U.S. customers. This month I received an invitation to apply through... Oh yeah, I mean Omar, I think that it that that won't. So this is a Visa question, Alex. So I'll, I'll just jump in. Um, this whole um, you, the fact that you have a PR and you already have your ITA, like that's really great because it shows companies you're serious. It, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to prove that you can do the job. So like, are you a really good Android developer, Omar? If you are, then yeah, you're gonna get a job. And that Visa thing is a plus, but not like a deal breaker so even if you didn't have the pr and like if there's a really really good android developer who's way better than you omar who doesn't have the pr like to like to plays the other side like it won't make a difference like focus on being a really good android developer and like the rest of the stuff for the visa will figure itself out um so that's how i would look at it omar like focus on being a really good yeah uh my pleasure omar i saw your chat message thanks guys pr equals okay this is funny so you know how pr is like pull request or it's like there's pull there's like a bunch of different PRs, right? There's like push requests, pull requests. What's the most common PR is like a pull request, right? For for GitHub. And it's also permanent residency, yeah. So it's I always had this idea to like have developers do like a PR to get their PR or some kind of like double word with that both are PR. Okay, anyway, is there a minimum years of experience that most companies are willing to hire? Um, what do you think, Alex? Like is there like a minimum years experience? I mean, junior developers, junior talent. What's how do we how do we help junior talent? That that's I think the, the real question here from Gabriel. So I think that in general, you know, like if you're in the tech space, especially developers, very high in demand. Um, you just have to find the right opportunity, the right companies. Um, that are possibly growing right now, um, which is where if you are a junior developer, which is where, you know, you want to also focus on finding a company that is willing to invest in you, right? As an employee that is willing to help you upskill, willing to help you learn and grow. Um, but yeah, there's definitely opportunities that we're seeing for junior developers. My husband is actually a recruiter for a tech company in Canada, surprisingly, and which is absolutely hilarious. Um, but he's always looking for junior developers, right? It just depends on the team, right? The role that they have, but there, there's always a need for junior developers, I would say. I think so too. I think that's a good way to look at it. There's always a need for talented young folks who will get in, exchange some of that experience that they're going to get from working at a top company. Um, they'll like bond with the culture. They'll be your future leaders. Like investing in junior talent is kind of like investing in you three years from now. Ooh, we have our next speaker here. Hey, Vitor. 
Cool. Um, let's 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 make it a smooth transition. Maybe we can have uh, all three speakers on stage, and then actually maybe I don't know if Victor and Alex have met, so uh, we can just keep the the talks going. Um, all right. So, but no, Alex. Notifications. Okay. Um, junior talent. I think it's it's a it's a it's another rabbit hole I can jump into, but I think that companies should always be hiring and on the lookout for great junior, junior talent because that junior talent will become your senior talent. And something we're going to talk about in the next in the next session a little bit is how to become a senior developer, right? That's that's what Victor's going to talk about. Um, but anyway, cool. There was a question here that we didn't chance to talk about is this uh, whole, um, you know, journey or, or kind of groups that you're in, Alex, as the a woman at LinkedIn member. Um, as a woman in LinkedIn member, what what's your advice for other women who are you know trying to break into this industry? And and uh, let me just kind of preface this question by I've had experiences in my life where I've been like the I don't know if minority is the right word, but like the the less common group. Like if I go to it's funny like hey if I go to an HR conference, like there's usually a lot more women and like let's just call it like female or like I, I don't want to know the right word to say and like i don't want to get in trouble but like there's a lot more ladies that are like there versus gentlemen and and, and it does feel sometimes like i'm at a disadvantage like i feel sometimes that because i'm like one of like 10 percent or 15 percent of guys especially when there's like three women in a conversation and like being like that guy who like kind of like tries to network and i've seen the other way around where I'm at like startup founder conferences where there's a ton of dudes and not that many ladies. And it's very like sausage festy. And like, it, it, it's kind of awkward for, for some like CEO who's like a founder who happens to be a woman to like try and network with this like old boys club thing. So like, there's this whole kind of, like everyone has their challenges. And I think the most com more common in tech is that there's more guys than ladies as an industry, right? And, and we as men, I don't know. Can maybe anyway. It's time to stop talking. Probably is the most important thing we, can, we as men can do. So I'll just do, I'll just do that. <laughs> but please tell us about your experience of this uh, woman at LinkedIn initiative um, and and kind of your thoughts on the the whole topic. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. It's definitely something that's near and dear to my heart. At DocuSign, I also started women at DocuSign, who's uh, one of the co-leads. So it's something I'm really passionate about. I have been obviously in tech, right? There's not as many females, um, unfortunately. And same with staffing and recruitment, which is those are all of my clients, right? It's it's same thing, like could be an old boys club. Um, so there, at times it has been really challenging or really frustrating. Um, I think the good news is that a lot of tech companies are at the forefront of change and diversity and inclusion. Um, a lot of tech companies are having these conversations now is what we're seeing at LinkedIn. We're actually in one of the best industries um, for this type of change. So hopefully, you know, you feel comfortable at work. Um, I would also recommend if you can, um, for you know any of the females or anyone that this could apply to anyone that is maybe feeling left out or you know minority is try and seek out a mentor 
right? That's similar. And maybe in a position that you want to be in in a future, right? So I reach out to a lot of women at tech companies, um, you know, women at LinkedIn. Uh, my husband and I eventually want to have a family one day. And sometimes it seems so impossible for me. I'm like, how do you do all of these things, right? So reaching out to maybe women at LinkedIn that have families, how are they juggling both, right? How have they felt as, you know, a, a female in a male dominant industry and how have they worked their way up? Um, so finding out or finding a mentor, seeking out mentorship could help as well, just for like also, you know, the mental sanity, you can laugh about some of the things that happened as well. Um, you know, if there have been moments where you have felt uncomfortable, but I would also recommend, um, you know, don't feel like I think a lot of the times women, because of societal pressures feel like we need to be small and take up less space than you know our male counterparts and just remind yourself that you know you have a voice you're here you have a presence feel free to take up all the space that you want um, and call it out right if, if you're feeling uncomfortable if any anything ever happens call it out um, you know uh, people are especially as I mentioned in this industry people are more receptive on the feedback, right? If, if someone has made you feel a certain way, I would call it out, let them know. Um, and some people just are not aware of, you know, certain comments or how it, like how it makes you feel. So those are my little nuggets, but as a female in tech, I'm still working through it, um, but it is a good industry to be in. I think we are at the forefront of change and empowering women. Yeah. I, I'd like to think so. Uh, I'd like to hope so. And um, I think I think having these conversations and you know just sharing everyone's personal experience more and more is 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 my favorite way. And, and I think um, yeah, it just was so cool to um, have this session, like build the relationship that we have as as a you know like like honestly working with LinkedIn. It's like there's there there's such the aspirational like company in the space and and having um it feel like it's not like working with this behemoth it's working with alex like working with you is super cool and um i think all the all the van hackers on the session probably really enjoyed um you know your thoughts and and uh i just want to be conscious we do have two two minutes left and uh we have our next session starting right away we want to just keep keep the train rolling um but yeah, Alex, thank you so much. Um, it's uh, yeah, this was this was an awesome way to start start the conference, and uh, I hope you know you come back for more sessions. Um, you know, this will be I guess online. People can watch it. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Are we? Are we? I, mean, I, I want to keep asking questions, but I think we're out of time. <laughs> um, we're something about uh, you know uh okay we have all these questions in the chat so so alex maybe i think probably the easiest way to end this session would be to you just share your linkedin profile and like, you'll get like 100 connections in a... <laughs> i'm ready know. for it love you brave enough. <laughs> i'll share it in the chat yes feel free to connect with me i am always happy to chat I think some people have found me already. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad that you're, we have some people that are active in. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, 
I think uh, backers are definitely active folks. Um, I just so, shared it there. Yeah, people people love the session of uh, Googling, and it's so easy to find people online these days, so that's awesome. Um, Alex, th thanks again. Uh, we are, at, I guess it's noon, so it's lunchtime there for you in Toronto. Enjoy. Uh, say yeah. hi to Michael. <laughs> say thank you for talking to the random guy at the airport. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, thanks so much for helping kick off VanHackCon. Is this another question we have? Thank you so much. No so problem. Observation. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Alex. Uh thanks for listening to the VanHack Podcast. Make sure to create your account at VanHack.com to access jobs that are hiring from abroad.